0: Storytelling is as old as time itself. Stories run through the lifeblood of humankind. But stories are forgotten as they're passed from generation to generation. My goal with this podcast is to prevent that from happening. To stop these stories from getting lost in the sands of time. I'm David Swiduck, and you're listening to Faded Words. Born in August of 1890 dying in March of 1937. That's just 46 years old. This American writer of weird fiction and horror fiction is possibly best known for his creation of what would become known as the Cthulhu Mythos, a series of very specific types of horror dealing with ancient creatures. You know, it, it something that's always interested me, and recently I listened to a podcast, the first four seasons of it, that's called Tannis, dealing with something called the Finn. And while I don't think Lovecraft actually created the story of the Eldfiend, this type of horror, this type of specific fiction was so well done by this author that um, it was titled after him Lovecraftian Horror. That's right. We're talking about Howard Phillips Lovecraft, better known as HP Lovecraft. Now this week, I'm sharing a short story from him. It appeared in a magazine called The Fantasy Fan back in November of 1933. This magazine looks like he had published multi part stories throughout But this is one that's just a small standalone tale. uh, Very much in the genre that that you'll notice and and recognize from Lovecraft's voice. This one, not so much horror, maybe a little bit, but it's dealing with that sort of thing. So I wanted to share this. I figured it was a great introduction to the great HP Lovecraft. It's a story called The Other Gods. I really hope you enjoy this. We're going to get into the story here in just a second. I do want to just remind you that if you want to keep up with everything we're doing here at faded words, podcast, you can check us out at aicpod.com. You'll find all the show notes and links to subscribe and where to listen and all of that fun stuff right there. So we make it very easy for you. In the meantime, this is the other gods by HP Lovecraft. I'm David Swiduck, and this is Faded Words. Atop the tallest of the Earth's peaks dwell the gods of Earth and suffer no man to tell that he hath looked upon them. Lesser peaks they once inhabited, but ever the men from the plains would scale the slopes of rock and snow, driving the gods to higher and higher mountains, till now only the last remains. When they left their older peaks they took with them all signs of themselves, save once, it is said when they left a carven image on the face of the mountain, which they called Negronic, But now they have betaken themselves to unknown Kadath in the cold waste where no man treads, and are grown stern, having no higher peak whereto to flee at the coming of men. They are grown stern, and where once they suffered men to displace them, they now forbid men to come, or coming to depart. It is well for men that they know not of Kadath in the cold waste, else they would seek injudiciously to scale it. Sometimes when the Earth's gods are homesick, they visit in the still night the peaks where once they dwelt and weep softly as they try to play in the olden way on remembered slopes. Men have felt the tears of the gods on white-capped Therai, though they have thought it rain and have heard the sighs of the gods in the plaintive dawn winds of Lyrian. In cloud ships the gods are wont to travel, and wise cotters have legends that keep them from certain high peaks at night, when it's cloudy, for the gods are not lenient as of old. In Ulthar, which lies beyond the river sky, once dwelt an old man avid to behold the gods of Earth. A man deeply learned in the seven cryptical books of the earth, and familiar with the narcotic manuscripts of distant and frozen Lomar, his name was Barzai the Wise, and the villagers tell of how he went up a mountain on the night of the strange eclipse. Barzai knew so much of the gods that he could tell of their comings and goings, and guessed so many of their secrets that he was deemed half a god himself. It was he who wisely advised the Burgess of Ulthar when they passed their remarkable law against the slaying of cats, and who first told the young priest Atal where it is that black cats go at midnight on St. John's Eve. Barzai was learned in the lore of Earth Gods, and had gained a desire to look upon their faces. He believed that his great secret knowledge of Gods could shield him from their wrath, so resolved to go up the summit of high and rocky Hatheg Claw, on a night when he knew the gods would be there. Hathig Claw is far in the stony desert beyond Hatheg, for which it is named, and rises like a rock statue in the Silent Temple. Around its peak the mists play always mournfully, for mists are the memories of the gods, and the gods loved Hatheg Claw when they dwelt upon it in the old days, Often the gods of earth visit Hathig Claw in their ships of cloud, casting pale vapors over the slopes as they dance reminiscently on the summit under a clear moon. The villagers of Hathig say it is ill to climb Hathig Claw at any time, and deadly to climb it by night when pale vapors hide the summit and the moon. But Barzai heeded them not when he came from neighboring Ulthar with the young priest Atal, who was his disciple. Atal was the only son of an innkeeper, and was sometimes afraid. But Barzai's father had been a landgrave who dwelt in an ancient castle, so he had no common superstition in his blood, and only laughed at the fearful cotters. Barzai and Atal went out of Hatheg into the stony desert despite the prayers of peasants, and talked of Earth's gods by their campfires at night. Many days they travelled, and from afar saw lofty Hathig claw, with his aureole of mournful mist. On the thirteenth day they reached the mountain's lonely base, and Atal spoke of his fears. But Barzai was old and learned and had no fears, so led the way boldly up the slope that no man had scaled since the time of Sansu, who is written of with fright in the mouldy Nacotic manuscripts. The way was rocky and made perilous by chasms, cliffs, and falling stones. Later it grew cold and snowy, and Barzai and Atal often slipped and fell as they hewed and plodded upward with staves and axes. Finally the air grew thin, and the sky changed color, and the climbers found it hard to breathe. But still they toiled up and up marveling at the strangeness of the scene and thrilling at the thought of what would happen on the summit when the moon was out and the pale vapors spread around for three days they climbed higher and higher toward the roof of the world when they camped to wait for the clouding of the moon for four nights no clouds came and the moon shone down cold through the thin, mournful mists around the silent pinnacle. Then, on the fifth night, which was the night of the full moon, Barzai saw some dense clouds far to the north and stayed up with Atal to watch them draw near. Thick and majestic, they sailed slowly and deliberately onward, ranging themselves round the peak high above the watchers and hiding the moon and the summit from view. For a long hour the watchers gazed, whilst the vapors swirled and the screen of clouds grew thicker and more restless. Barzai was wise in the lore of Earth's gods, and listened hard for certain sounds, but Atal felt the chill of the vapors and the awe of the night, and feared much. And when Barzai began to climb higher and beckon eagerly, it was long before Atal would follow. So thick were the vapors that the way was hard, and though Atal followed on at last, he could scarce see the grey shape of Barzai on the dim slope above in the clouded moonlight. Barzai forged very far ahead and seemed, despite his age, to climb more easily than Atal. Fearing not the steepness that began to grow too great for any save a strong and dauntless man, nor pausing at wide black chasms that Atal could scarce leap and so they went up wildly over rocks and gulfs, slipping and stumbling and sometimes awed at the vastness and horrible silence of bleak ice pinnacles and mute granite steeps. Very suddenly Barzai went out of Atal's sight, scaling a hideous cliff that seemed to bulge outward and block the path for any climber not inspired of Earth's gods. Atal was far below, and planning what he should do when he reached the place, and curiously, he noticed that the light had grown strong, as if the cloudless peak and moonlit meeting place of the gods were very near. And as he scrambled on toward the bulging cliff and litten sky, he felt fears more shocking than any he had known before. Then, through the high mists, he heard the voice of unseen Barzai shouting wildly in delight, I have heard the gods. I have heard Earth's gods singing in revelry on Hathag kla The voices of Earth's gods are known to Barzai the prophet. The mists are thin, and the moon is bright, and I shall see the gods dancing wildly on Hathag kla that they loved in youth. The wisdom of Barzai hath made him greater than Earth's gods, and against his will their spells and barriers are as naught. Barzai will behold the gods, the proud gods, the secret gods, the gods of earth who spurn the sight of man. Atal could not hear the voices Barzai heard, but he was now close to the bulging cliff and scanning it for footholds. Then he heard Barzai's voice grow shriller and louder. The mist is very thin and the moon casts shadows on the slope. The voice of Earth's gods are high and wild, and they fear the coming of Barzai the Wise, who is greater than they. The moon's light flickers as Earth's gods dance against it. I shall see the dancing forms of the gods that leap and howl in the moonlight. The light is dimmer, and the gods are afraid. Whilst Barzai was shouting these things, Atal felt a spectral change in all the air as if the laws of Earth were bowing to greater laws. For though the way was steeper than ever, the upward path was now grown fearsomely easy, and the bulging cliff proved scarce an obstacle when he reached it and slid perilously up its convex face. The light of the moon had strangely failed, and as Atal plunged upward through the mists, he heard Barzai the Wise shrieking in the shadows. The moon is dark! And the gods dance in the night. There is terror in the sky, for upon the moon hath sunk an eclipse foretold in no books of men or of earth's gods. There is unknown magic on Hathig Claw, for the screams of the frightened gods have turned to laughter, and the slopes of ice shoot up endlessly into the black heavens whither I am plunging. Hey, hey, at last, in the dim light, I behold the gods of earth. And now a tall, slipping dizzily up over inconceivable steeps, heard in the dark a loathsome laughing mixed with such a cry as no man else ever heard save in the phlegathlon of unrelatable nightmares. A cry wherein reverberated the horror and anguish of a haunted lifetime packed into one atrocious moment. The other gods, the the other gods, the gods of the outer hells that guard the feeble gods of earth, look away, go back, do not see, do not see the vengeance of the infinite abysses, that cursed, that damnable pit, merciful gods of earth, I am falling into the sky. And as Atal shut his eyes, and stopped his eyes, and stopped his ears, and tried to jump downward against the frightful pull from unknown heights. There resounded on Hatheg Claw that terrible peal of thunder, which awakened the good cotters of the plains, and the honest burgesses of Hatheg, near and Althar, and caused them to behold through the clouds that strange eclipse of the moon that no book ever predicted. And when the moon came out at last, Atal was safe on the lower snows of the mountain without sight of Earth's gods or of the other gods. Now, it is told in the moldy, narcotic manuscripts that Sansu found naught but wordless ice and rock when he did climb Hatheg Claw in the youth of the world. Yet when the men of Ulthar and Nir and Hatheg crushed their fears and scaled that haunted steep by day In search of Barzai the Wise, they found graven in the naked stone of the summit a curious encyclopean symbol fifty cubits wide, as if the rock had been riven by some titanic chisel. And the symbol was like to one that learned men have discerned in those frightful parts of the narcotic manuscripts which were too ancient to be read. This they found. Barzai the Wise they never found nor could the Holy Priest at all ever be persuaded to pray for his soul's repose. Moreover, to this day the people of Althar and Nir and Hatheg fear eclipses, and pray by night when pale vapors hide the mountaintop and the moon. And above the mists on Hatheg Claw, Earth's gods sometimes dance reminiscently, for they know they are safe, and love to come from unknown Kadath and ships of cloud and play in the olden way as they did when the earth was new and men not given to the climbing of inaccessible places. Now this story I thought was just a fun, well, Lovecraftian horror. Kind of fantasy, but kind of a classic tale of a man who thinks he knows better, thinks he knows the gods, knows more than the gods. And he goes up to confront them because he's figured it out and he gets to see them, he gets to reach that pinnacle and he's there with the gods and he gets a little too cocky. And then the other gods that are more powerful yet decide, nah, this isn't gonna happen and they come pull him away and uh a legend is born we end up with this culture here these people in these these villages deciding they will no longer ever go up to these mountains they'll be afraid of eclipses forever because Barzai the prophet Barzai the wise kind of unwisely challenged the gods and you know didn't didn't go so well. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. HP Lovecraft has some fascinating work. It may not be for everyone because it does get a little dark. I know it's been uh, kind of associated at times with sort of cultish activity, and for me it's never been that. I'm very much in the camp of when I'm reading a story, I understand it's just a story you know and but I know for some people that it has a little bit of that ring to it but I really do enjoy these kind of dark fantasy type tales this horror this really strange fiction it's just who I am it's it's one of those things I enjoy that being said I enjoy all kinds of different stories but I hope you guys are enjoying this I I really do want to thank you guys for following me along as we've made this change here over to faded Words from the previous Adventures in Creativity. Um, It's it's a bit of a a leap of faith for me, and it just feels right, and I'm having so much fun sharing these stories with you guys each week and helping to keep them preserved in a way that will hopefully pass them on and, and prevent them from being forgotten, as we say. And so if you have any feedback or would like to reach out as i mentioned earlier the best way to keep in touch is to just visit aicpod.com which is the adventures and creativity umbrella i guess you could say where faded words lives i'm david Swiduk, and this is faded words